Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the final tennis podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph from the 2016 US Open. This moment is tinged with a little bit of sadness and a great deal of happiness, frankly, because we've done how many of these, David? 15, 16 of these, and uh, as well as doing our day jobs, and we're a little bit on our last legs, but it has been great, hasn't it? It has been great. I was um, just thinking, what, last one ever? I mean, maybe. Maybe maybe this should be our last one ever. Go out on a high. No, I don't think so. So, we have just watched a quite breathtaking, in my view, men's final between Stan Wawrinka and Novak Djokovic, full of scintillating tennis drama in that final set. David, I'll get your thoughts on that in, in a minute. And I think pretty much the overriding view is a very, very deserving champion, although Djokovic played well and contributed to an incredible occasion tonight. Vavrinka was unplayable. Yeah, he, he, he was. His, his will to win. I mean, nobody's doubting Djokovic's will to win because the guy has resilience levels the likes we've rarely seen ever. But if you consider where Vavrinka got to coming into this tournament, frankly not playing that well and scraping through a couple of early rounds, then very nearly going out to Evans in a match in which he was outplayed for much of it. And then, you know, even, even his wins over Marchenko and, uh, and Del Potro and even Nishikuri, he played well, but it wasn't vintage Stan. And then you got that moment halfway through the second set and into the third when he suddenly hit Stanimal form, the, the French Open form that, that, that just destroyed Djokovic last year. And I mean, it, the, the, there is really something about the way Vavrinka plays when he's on and when he's unleashing those guttural bellows that it's one of the great sounds in tennis I think I mean it's fantastic for us on the radio it, you, you, your heart just sings I mean I'm sure if you were a Djokovic, Djokovic fan it's a hard one to stomach of course it is but or, for, or a Djokovic or a Djokovic yeah I mean it's it's a tough one to take because you end up powerless even Djokovic and he was clearly impeded physically certainly in, in set four there but even Djokovic in a good vein of form gets rocked back on his heels by this guy we've seen it so many times now that it isn't coincidence he he meets his match and more 
for those spells in which Vavrinka really starts to nail it. And it's not just the backhand, is it? I mean, obviously the backhand was a thing of beauty and glory for most of the match tonight, but his forehand, his I mean, his forehand down the line is unbelievable. I mean, he's, the, the weapons off both wings is staggering. Well, Mats van Lander picked the result. OK, he said in five, not in four, but he re- re- predicted the result. And in the past... No, I, I think he said four. Did he? Oh. Did he? Uh, I, I've heard him say in the past, Mats, that when Stan Wawrinka is on, he's the most exciting player in the world. And when you consider that that world also includes Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal and so many other great players, it, it's a heck of a statement. But, I, I, I mean, there's something in it. Uh, there, there is such a... A, a feeling of, of electricity in a stadium when Vavrinka starts to play and really hit top form because he can hit winners from everywhere. There's that sound off the racket when he hits them. There's the flourish of the follow-through followed by the guttural roar and the crowd just falls for him totally. I've just said on uh, on Eurosport, my final um, link on Eurosport, that perhaps they should make a little honorary Grand Slam trophy for Magnus Norman because what he's done is incredible and I don't think giving him that credit takes anything away from Stan I think Stan would be the first to give him that credit because he played a fantastically tactically astute match tonight Stan Wawrinka he put himself in the position to be hitting those incredible winners it wasn't just about thwacking the ball as hard as he could at every stage well I know we we risk uh, falling into the trap of being literally Mats Verlander correspondents but I do remember two and a half years ago at the Australian Open is that a role that's open uh, well you know I I wouldn't mind being that actually you know get to interview Mats Verlander every day I mean just listen to him talk to us all the time on the tennis podcast that'd be awesome Uh, by the way 120,000 downloads of yesterday's bus negotiation it's taken four minutes 36 seconds for you to get that in David apparently people love listening to bus aggro yeah they just want to have fights you know, so we're going to go on find one for tonight I can find bus aggro at any turn don't you worry I'm telling you she's not lying either <laughs> anyway what Mats Fernandez said two and a half years ago in the Australian Open when uh, Stan won that title he said that Magnus Norman is the best coach in the world he said that before the final and I think it's the full package. Now, since then, we've obviously seen the advent of the, the super coach. And if anybody looks at the impact that Ivan Lendl has had on Andy Murray, then there's an argument to say, well, what about him? Or what about the way Boris has helped Novak Djokovic get over the hump? I think when you look at Norman, it's, the, the, there's every element to him. He is the one and only. He isn't just the super coach. He's the Marian Vida as well. And... I mean, and, I mean we, I, I know him quite well from back in the day when he was on the circuit. I always thought what a lovely guy he is. What I don't think I really appreciated is what sort of steel there is in there and the attention to detail and the, the way he prepares Stan Wawrinka. And, the, and the, the, it, it, it wasn't just the last couple of pieces to the jigsaw that he put in to Stan Wawrinka to make him into a champion. He completely reconstructed him and took him from frankly an underachiever to what we see now he took him from good to great at the risk of plugging his academy he took Stan Wawrinka from good to great and tonight was a real example of that greatness I I mean I don't want to to detract from what was just a marvellous final and but we we probably should talk about the drama of that full set which you commentated on for BBC Radio 5 Live lots of people have their opinions about Djokovic taking that medical time out before Vavrinka was coming out to serve which is within the rules frankly the bottom line is if you've got 
if you've got an issue with it, your issue is with the rules. And could you could anybody honestly say they wouldn't do anything within their power to win at that stage of one of the most important tennis matches of your life? I'm not sure they could. It felt uncomfortable, for sure. It felt uncomfortable to Djokovic, though. Yeah, uh, it did. It was, it was, I, I felt Djokovic was tailspinning, both physically and psychologically. He, he, he could feel that this is going against me in terms of the scoreline, and my body is failing me. I can't keep up with this guy. And, I mean, it, I think one of the most... And we'll get on to this in a moment. The most dramatic change in Djokovic the last few months is the way his body has started to break down but in that particular moment I, I, I think he just sort of I mean when you looked at his foot and the blood that was coming through the, through his socks it, he had a really nasty little problem there and um, I can understand him wanting to sit down and get it sorted out particularly when he's in the kind of funk that he was in at that point of just I mean you, you would be depressed I think in that, in that moment knowing that this is a, a tanker that you can't turn around and, in the, and that it's out of your control there's something so so depressing about that in any situation in life that you're in a, a darned awful situation and there is nothing you can do to change it yeah and in that regard I, I really I can understand why he sat down and had it I think he should not have been allowed to have it personally uh, the, the rule states that uh, that you're supposed to have it uh, ahead of um, uh, your own service unless you have an acute problem now to my mind an acute problem is Johanna Conta collapsing on the court and, and so forth it's not having a, a bad blister on your toe that's bleeding and again I don't blame Djokovic for, for, for asking for it I don't think he should have been allowed to. I think he should have been just said, look, sorry, that, that doesn't warrant that, and therefore you, you're going to have to wait until the next game. Stan voiced his displeasure with that ruling, and Djokovic immediately just raised his hand and said, Stan, sorry about that. You know, And I think he realised then, actually, I probably shouldn't be having this, actually. And I think he felt quite bad about it. And, you know, I, I even think it's slightly sapped... His, his determination. I mean, do you think that seeing him feel what looked to me like genuine remorse at having to, having feeling like he had to do that at that point in the set, I mean, that's not the steely-eyed Novak Djokovic that we're used to seeing, the win at all costs, you know, that it was almost like that indicated an air of resignation, which I'm not used to seeing. Uh, 100%. He was resigned to defeat in that fourth set when his body was no longer doing what it was supposed to and you'd got Stan Wawrinka playing tennis of the most glorious type of the most devastating type I don't, you know, even even fully charged Djokovic is going to have to be flying all over the court sliding, elastic playing beautiful sort of metronomic tennis to stay with that and there's no way the way he was feeling that he was going to be able to do that and it, and it is alarming to me to see Novak Djokovic Mr Resilience coming into this tournament with a wrist injury having his shoulders massaged repeatedly throughout the tournament pulling up with what I think was cramp he didn't have treatment for cramp let's be very clear on that but I'm pretty sure he was suffering from it to have those blister problems when he's only played nine hours tennis compared to Stan who's played 20 yard you know 
I, d- I don't really understand. I mean, maybe his body is paying, is making him pay for what he's put it through over the last couple of years. I don't. It's possible. Maybe this is a blip. Maybe he's just sort of not doing the right things in the preparation. Very, very difficult to say. And, and of course, he's not going to let us know. I don't really think. And so we're, we're all in the dark a bit. I, I find it quite intriguing that, and and quite concerning that his body is apparently repeatedly breaking down. It's going to be very interesting from now on, isn't it, for the next, well, obviously for the remainder of the season, but also going into next season, because what, what I'm reminded of is Karolina Pliskova saying after her win over Serena Williams that seeing Serena lose to Kerber in Australia and to, to I mean, particularly that one, I think she referenced a couple of others, that gave her huge belief that... She, these people aren't invincible as much as they might occasionally seem invincible other players on the men's side are going to start thinking that about Novak Djokovic now even if his level of play you know climbs again and his body does regain its resilience some of that locker room aura will be starting to wear off and that's a big thing when you're number one in the world that is a big added boost it is a big thing and I think we've seen it this year with Serena Williams for the first time since she had her return to number one. She'd been number one in the world for three and a half years. She runs into Kerber in the final of the Australian. Same thing happens against Magruder in the final of the French. She got over the line at Wimbledon and then she's hit a fully full-powered Pliskova in the semis here. It, 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 that has become a bit of a trend and, and clearly there is now a feeling of mortality about the career of, of Serena Williams and you're right, these things can snowball. You, you end up having to, to just stop that in the tracks. Now, Serena did it by winning Wimbledon, but we, we thought, I thought she would win this tournament, and she didn't. Um, Novak Djokovic is just having that fir- those first signs of, of, of doubts uh, for, for us, for him, I think. Now, he could well go and have do a, he could well go and do a Serena and have the rest of the year off for all we know and come out in Australia and just dominate again he, he's young enough I think he's only 29 My, the big surprise to me is this guy ha, has a seemingly elastic body the most injury proof body him and Federer just they don't look like they're going to get normal injuries like everybody else he's having a few of those sort of injuries that that, that other people are having and that that would concern me if I were him not the sort of injuries that I'm having but yeah other other, other extraordinary humans yeah um I I think a final word before we sort of wrap up the tournament as a whole should probably go to Dan Evans from our Dan Evans correspondent shouldn't it who held a match point against the eventual champion it could have been Dan Evans up there today David oh no I can't believe I missed out on that one you know I had match points and everything and it's his fault anyway that's how Dan Evans would have answered that uh, <laughs> or, or something similar um, but you know the funny thing is just at uh, the moment that those two were locking horns out there today Stan Wawrinka who had been so close to defeat against Dan Evans Leon Smith posted a Twitter picture of Dan Evans eating haggis in Scotland whilst preparing for the Davis Cup tucking in had his little holiday in Marbella <laughs> oh he's had the holiday in Marbella I think he's had a few days Dan and, does mobs yeah. it's a TV show waiting to happen that, that's right And uh, but you know look I don't know what Dan Evans will be thinking but I would hope he's thinking crikey 
I got to within a point of beating that guy, and he's just won the US Open. So, right, next step for me. Can we just uh, say as well, today, uh, doubles finals winners. Uh, I didn't see all of it, but I, I arrived and saw the last few points and saw some wonderful celebrations from Bethany Matic-Sands and Lucy Safarova beating the top seeds, Caroline Garcia and Christina Mladenovic, 2-6-7-6-6-4. What a cracking contest that was. And... Matek, Sands and Safarova have really become a great doubles team, haven't they? They have. They're so, so likeable. The combination of Lucy Safarova, who's pretty much the most popular player on the tour, with Matek, Sands at home in America, just so all-American, it's untrue, was just marvellous. Uh, that was a fantastic moment. I haven't actually seen who's won the girls' singles, but I have seen who's won the boys' singles, and that was Felix Auger-Eliassime who is just amazing, the sixth seed Canadian. He is only 16, turned 16 this year, and he's already winning Grand Slams. And I'm informed by people that work closely with juniors that he is beyond the real deal. He is so exciting, so poised. He's got the sort of poisonous without the precociousness. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's great. Do you want to run his name by me again? Felix Auger-Aliassime. I'm going to have to say that in... Uh, he, I think I believe he's French-Canadian. I'm going to have to say that in ball-by-ball commentary <laughs> in a Grand Slam final, aren't I? Prepare yourself now, David, so in five years' time when he's winning Grand Slams, you'll be ready. OK, so I've got to get my shorthand uh, version of that name. No, fantastic. It's one of the great things at these tournaments to see these kids come through and, and make their mark. Now, it ne- doesn't necessarily mean that they will go on to be Grand Slam champions. Many don't. But uh, another breakthrough there... And uh, that probably just about wraps up the US Open here on the Tennis Podcast, doesn't it, Catherine? I think it does. Just, what's your highlight, David? Highlight of the two weeks. I hate pissing, I hate being put on the spot for a highlight, but what's yours? Well, I, I, and we've just mentioned it. To me, the, the, the moment of the tournament was Evans having match point, getting to match point, playing that kind of tennis, which we so rarely see these days. Obviously, I, you know, being a British player and being even from my neck of the woods was was it was it was gives me an extra personal sort of interest in that but that's that's not really the important bit the 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 big bit is that he was match point up against a guy who fought it off and went and won the title i love that i love that sort of story it's the same with kerber winning uh from match point down in the first round of the australian open i love that kind of story it's the making of these people uh kerber another great win for her so many good stories I've loved the US Open, particularly the first eight days of it, when every day seemed special. And, and we've ended up with two cracking finals as well. I can't add to that because that was really beautifully put from our very own Solihull correspondent, David Law. It has been a great, great pleasure to bring you daily podcasts from and the US Open. And a, and a per- periscope added God, in. We were rubbish at that, weren't we? <laughs> I mean, we've, got to, we've got to improve on the old periscope. Sorry please. about that. For those who did tune in, we were rubbish at that. <laughs> but we will get better. It was David Law's first time uh, handling a selfie stick, so uh, <laughs> we will improve in the future. As I say, it's been a great, great pleasure. We are going to sign off now and, well, I was going to say get some sleep, but I have got a flight in about five hours' time, so perhaps not for the time being, but we will be back very, very soon with more tennis podcasts brought to you in association with The Telegraph. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs> 